Welcome, everyone, to the Crit Rate Podcast for Wednesday, October 26th. This is episode 18, and I'm your host, Justin Skirbo. Today, I'm joined by Liz Laisui. What's up? And, ooh, Liz Caetano. Liz Caetano, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also joined by Alex Schock. Hello. And Justin Chow. Yo. Hi, everyone. We're back again for a new episode of the Crit Rate Podcast. Okay, so you know what's funny? I, I feel like we should just jump straight into the news because wow, because last week we uh, uh, many things have happened since last week. Um, but one of the topics that we covered was the Bayonetta three voice actor controversy, right. and we only got the very first brush of things. At that point, we only had the initial statements that came through, and we commented and all the sort of things since then. But this is a developing story that has had. Is Twists and turns, breaking and news, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> is it over since then, or is it? I think still it's over ongoing? now. I think it's over now. Mm. I'm like pretty sure it's over now. I don't think anybody is going to be issuing any more statements. I don't think anybody yeah. has anything left to say, right. and it's not like anything's going to change. Yeah, so right. Get, like so, she's not suddenly going to be hired on this. I, that, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anybody is actually going to not buy the game. Can you give me chronological order? Yeah. So here, here are the series of events. So the last time we spoke, we were talking about how voice actress Helena Taylor uh, was. No, we've learned that she has not been cast for Bayonetta 3 because she was replaced by Jennifer Hale, esteemed voice actress, probably the most famous voice actress in the business, right? Um, and Helena Taylor, Miss Taylor, uh, expressed her uh, disdain for this situation, or, and most specifically Nintendo and Platinum Games, because she felt that she was insulted with the offer for her role and as instructed by a something like nine tweet long series of videos where she was just kind of like against the blank wall just like talking to the camera she had initially stated that she was offered uh in very and this is this is incredibly important in no unclear terms she said that she was offered four thousand dollars for the role of bayonetta three which she found insulting told uh what you call it platinum games hideki kamiya hey this is not cool i hope you don't, like i know like i am this character blah 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 and they basically said like the the offer is what the offer is and then she got replaced by jennifer hale that was the first part of the story that's what we discussed last week since then hideki kamiya basically comes back and says there's a lot of misinformation being thrown around well first jennifer hale made a comment where she was basically like listen I don't want there to be any bad blood. You know, I respect everyone in our industry and I think my work speaks for itself. Even last week we were like, <laughs> stop sending me death threats. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Even after hearing the story last week, I was like, there is something we're missing. Yeah. So it felt oh, like something was missing. Another key, crucial, important detail is that the, during the nine tweet long video session from Helena Taylor, she had, uh, encouraged her audience or those that would listen to boycott, uh, Bayonetta 3 and not buy the game because of the level of disrespect that was cast onto her for you know this insulting offer that she was given. Uh, Hideki Kamiya and Platinum Games then issued a statement that said this is not true. This is we did not offer her four thousand dollars. That is not that is not the way the story goes. Such and such and so forth. Then Miss Taylor. Uh, produces another nine tweet long uh, collection of wow. tweets, okay. including videos again, where she says, okay, let's break it down. My initial offer was actually $10,000. Then she went back to Kamiya and said, this is insulting. She said it was like $4,000 like, per 000, session the $4, and there was going to be like... Up. 
the four thousand dollars will come up. So the ten thousand dollars was that that's what it would have been, and it was over four sessions, which would have mean right. that she was making about a thousand dollars an hour or something, right? So, but the point is ten thousand dollars. She goes back to Camilla and basically says, Camilla, I hope you respect my hundred dollars uh, m- myself as uh, yeah, no, a thousand dollars an hour, four hour not, sessions. They're not one hour sessions. They're four hour sessions, four hour four. long sessions. Yeah. Four. Per each session, it was going to be. What? It was like it was like yeah, like three four hour sessions or something. Yeah. So whatever the the point the numbers are the most important thing that the <laughs> Which we don't have right. <laughs> the, the hours are not important. It's the it's the dollars. So the dollars were we're going to offer you ten thousand dollars. She says I'm worth more than this. I hope you respect me as an artist and and respect my integrity as a person. Whatever. Camilla then responds and says, understood. What do you say we give you an extra $5,000? So now the number is $15,000. She says, no, this is insulting. I, I don't accept this. So then they say, okay, well, if you don't want to play the role of Bayonetta and this isn't a thing that you want to do, we'll offer you a cameo spot to play another character in it, an obviously small role. It's cameo, right? It's not the main character. And this cameo role will pay you $4,000 for. And then she says, Fuck all this. I'm going on Twitter and blowing your ass up and telling people to not buy the game. That's what the story is. So now people are... There's one more thing, too. She Because she had a counter offer they, for them. They released yeah. her counter offer. And Which they was said, the, the additional 5000 no. no. They said that she asked for six figures plus royalties in the game. Mm, yes. Which that is, right, that's right. And I looked into this deeply. <laughs> um, so residuals in games is not... Even if it it is in other industries, right now in the voice actor video game space, it's not a thing. Like, yeah. yeah, no one gets that. Yeah, and yes, she she asked for six figures plus that. And the, and the I think the mentality that came with that is like this is an X million dollar franchise, so on she, and so forth. Yeah, I think she said really said at one point like this is a four hundred and fifty billion dollar franchise. Like, yeah, this is not. Uh, you know, yes, that figure is also which, incorrect. Which but. that that also begets a, a separate part of the conversation, which I think this whole thing gets a little convoluted at times. Which is like the are voice actors paid enough? Period. Which is which is a conversation to be had, and there's a lot of op- opinions and important things to discuss there. But that is not the conversation that we're talking about. The conversation that we're talking about, and the reason where all this uh, controversy and consternation came from, is because she verbatim like her words her face on a camera said they offered me four thousand dollars i was insulted don't buy this game then they come to find out that that was not true that was not the whole story so then it's like okay so she either decided to leave out the first half of the story or just not include it and then you know so who's really the bad guy here what's what's happening blah 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 um so it's just a bit of a cluster f and I think last week we were talking about how ultimately what's happened here is she's kind of really sort of put herself in a box. Like it, it presents in such a way that it would be very uh, it's going to bring up the question. Should you work with a person like this if this is the reaction to this type of thing? Yeah, I, mean, you know I think I mean? she's blacklisted. How do you define yeah. the value that somebody can give by like, like I feel like and when it comes down to like like artistry like how do you really define the value like what's the market value for specific like art you know and i do i do admit for that voice like, acting it's pretty low well i was gonna say so, like in general like you know it's like <clears throat> at the end like i mean there's a, been a plenty of like uh, there's been plenty of case studies that we've seen over the course of like you know, the past decade or even the past like two or three years where we've seen like the 
artistry of like actors and actresses and voice actors and voice actresses and it's like we we have like an like a small little window into like the world that is that industry and like how much that does boil down to i guess like the overall product and like the the polish of the product but like it really does come down to like well in the overall pro like polish and in the overall product itself like where in this do these actors and actresses voices or whatnot fall as far as being like you know irreplaceable i guess yeah, you know? well, I mean that's more of a philosophical question, but like, like, what is the value of well, art, right? Well, but, not, but I think I, it's but not I think even it, the value of the art per se. I, I'm more asking the question around the uh, the idea of like, well, how much does it contribute to the value of if, the product? If you're dropping, let's say, like, I think they said like the amount of work that they that she did in Bayonetta two was somewhere in the ballpark of like seventy something hours, right? Sixteen hours, six, sixteen hours, right? And you're getting for sixteen hours, that's maybe half of a normal work week that we've worked before. And you're getting like somewhere in the ballpark of like ten grand, if not more. Like it, it sounds comparable. Yeah, like, I, it sounds reasonable in a certain aspect. I think, yeah, right? but that's. I mean, that's a bit. You know, when it comes to like the value of your time, you sure. could also compare like, you know, maybe I get paid forty dollars an hour, and somebody that's working at Express gets paid fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, like if we're both doing the same amount of time, and I'm getting all this much more. Like you know, every value, industry has its own price point and i think it's very easy to villainize actors for asking for more money because they're because rel like when we look at how much money they make for what work they do it seems like so much more money to us but they're also looking at it compared to the industry right like they're probably but looking that's not at a fair it. comparison you know what i'm saying like the industry like what's no. a fair comparison is seeing like what what thing that your what product you're putting into the main product is in comparison to all of the other things in the industry and what people are willing to pay for it, and also not to mention like the amount of supply and demand for that type of talent well, that's this, out there. On, I mean, you you're selling a product as an actor or an actress, yeah. right? I mean, this it's much is, this to is what makes a voice this actor than it is and then well, an actual actor, and actress, would, right? Yeah, which and is like, also why it's much easier to pay them less. Yeah, but because like, if also, they're not going to do it, it'll just hire Jennifer Hale. Who's buying like who? who's buying a specific game for a specific voice actor or actress, right? And versus like who's watching a movie for a specific actor and actress. Like one of them puts butts in seats, you know? And well, it's like at the end of the day, there is a inherent like somewhere along the line, there's an inherent like, uh, uh, call it like direct correlation between one's, you know, input versus the end result output. I think of, it all like, contributes. Yeah. It's, it's so I would say situations like this are what help define that. Like I, th I think that is an undefined thing right now, and I don't think it can be because as the talent continues to change, people's expectations are going to change, and it, it's you know it's I mean, kind of a symbiotic relationship changed. with the game itself. So when I when I look at this in particular, it's like you know she uh, Miss Taylor played her hand. You know what I mean? She said I should be valued this way. And Platinum Games said, no, we'll just pay yeah. Jennifer Hale. Right. And and they did. And now I think right. that's why Miss Taylor instructed the community to be like, you should boycott this game. Because of this exact type of disrespect I received, the maker should suffer for it. And that way, there should be there, like more that respect way. will come to voice actors and they should be paid more or respected more in this field. But the truth is, is like... I mean, at least what we know right now, I it we shall see, right? We shall see how much this game sells. But like, it, based on the way this whole thing went down and sort of the ungracefulness of yeah. all of it, 
I don't think it's going to do anything to change the amount of sales for this game. I think the game's still going to sell super well. I'm sure Jennifer Hill did a great job. And, you know, My, but the I don't know how much it would have changed the sale, even if it was executed really well. Like, well, that's yeah, what I mean. You know what I mean? Well, that's the what, first, yeah. like, what yeah. value is it to the bottom line? You know, it, it's hard to, if you're at the beginning of a movement, like, right. you, there, there's, there's only so much you can do to affect change at that point. Like there has to be, you know, 10 to 20 people that try to make a statement and get totally burned before enough people in the industry like rally behind them and say, you're right, this is something we should start doing. And then like, and eventually move the needle. But those people, those first groups of people, however many it happens to, like they're all going to, so I've been watching um, suffer <laughs> for <laughs> taking a stand. I've been watching yeah. over the course of the last couple of years, watch a lot of corridor, uh, yeah. corridor digital YouTube channel. And they have a really good relationship with a lot of stunt performers. And they're going through a similar process where they're not really that respected in the industry, even though their skill level and the quality of work that they bring, like really increases the movie when they're utilized correctly. Yeah, it's really important. Um, but they rarely get any credit. You know, it's not like it's an Oscar category or anything. But this, it's, these types of movements is one of those things where it's, unfortunately, I wish it were different, but I, it's not going to happen all at once like this. No. Like, yeah. let's assume, I, I think maybe it's even fair to assume that maybe she was receiving average to above average pay for a voice actor of that type of caliber game. Fifteen thousand dollars for a sixteen hours a sixteen hour session. Yeah. So to go from sixteen thousand to a one hundred thousand plus residuals, like I understand, it's going to be a process, and I don't know if like that's not going to happen overnight. Just well, yeah. jumping that, like yes, like making making some noise and bringing attention to it is good, but the way she went about it is. Did she release those? Not she didn't release those numbers though. Platinum Games released those numbers, right? The counter offer? No, she she said them specifically. She said I video. asked for six figures. No. I think she Platinum Games said she asked they said we offered her this and she in response, you know, and then we gave her this four thousand dollar roll, which honestly is pretty insulting. I would be pretty insulted I mean, if I was point, like, like I feel like they said it as like this like we'll throw you a bone, like yeah. we're still being nice. And I'm like, that is I that is not how I would take that at all. If I was her, I would be I mean, highly insulted. But I think it's also the kind of thing where it's like, if they offered her that much, and then she said, no, I want 10x that, they were probably, like, in their minds, they're probably like, okay, we'll we'll counter with the 15, but we're also getting Jennifer Hale on the line. Yeah. And then the second Jennifer Hale says, yes, we're, like, going to go with that. Because how, how do you even have that conversation? You know what I mean? And, and for, I'm, all, I'm saying, I'm playing, like, devil's advocate whatever but it's like if you're the one making the game and you are like we're budgeting ten thousand dollars for this role right so we we found the person that we want for the role and we say hey we'll give you ten thousand dollars and they say no i want a hundred thousand dollars and royalties i want you to change i want you to fundamentally upend the entire industry of voice acting for me and they're probably like no, <laughs> I mean, they're not gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna do you it because they don't have it in the budget. It wasn't their game. It's I'm just even, saying. It's not even about the budget. The, it's I'm about saying the value that, that you're buying. Yeah, For the, the fact that they released that information was very specifically to smear her name and be like, oh yeah. Not only did she do this, but she had the balls to ask for this much money. You all, as normal people who would make that in a year or two or three years now realize how greedy and spoiled and like you I mean, know I'm not, I'm not. money growing this woman is and like it's it's cra it's the same reason that they released uh scarlett johansson's 
salary on Black Widow. They mm-hmm. were like, she already made $10 million and she's asking for more. And her lawyer was like, you specifically did this so that people would, like, so the public opinion would be against her and you're and, trying to well, turn it I, I think that is also part of it. If they're, if she is calling for them to, or for the general public, hey, boycott this game because I was disrespected for X, Y, and Z reasons, Doesn't they're probably that, like, yeah. how could we possibly argue with, with this kind of logic? You know what I mean? It's like, like at a point where, we, where the arena is public, now the arena is public, right? Like, at the point where it was like a, a lawsuit where it was quiet, like then it would be quiet. But like otherwise, like if you go for one, like everything is on the table now. It's off, it's technically fair, right? Like she brought up the numbers. Like I mean, she well, brought the numbers well, to she life. brought up she and brought I'm, it to the public. You know what I mean? And it's like oh no, this, she said it. She said I've also been informed of this ridiculous. Oh no, no, no. Did she dispute it? She said she said asking for She disputed it to say like. They released these figures. I know that now everybody's sending me death threats and calling me a gold digger. And like, you know, I'm getting all this horrible media. Like this is I'm asking for a fair living wage. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. I'm, she, she countered by saying I'm just asking for a fair living wage for I'm what not, I do. Yeah, my perspective on this isn't this, like I don't come away from this thinking she's like greedy. It was just I don't know if she was really going to. The argument wasn't there for me and the way that she handled it. And well, we do. I, like, I, we literally I, just had the conversation where we said, she's asking for too much. Well, I mean, it comes Like, down whether to or not you're going to put an adjective to it is... It's whether Whatever. Or not. Like, it's, it's, it's to sway public opinion in their favor. And while, like, yeah, sure, it's a public argument. So we're well, making the, the argument though? public. I mean, it's, it's public now, you know? And at the time, like, I, I wouldn't... Would I say that she's being greedy? I'm not... I would say, like, the comparison is really just what everybody else is essentially making at that level with that with the with that talent you know what i'm saying like so at like at the end of the day like people will pay like ryan gosling for uh being appearing in a movie because they know that that will affect sales right but like for a video game especially voice acting like what really affects sales maybe mario's voice if that was changed to somebody else like that would probably affect sales so then the value of his voice is way higher than the value of let's say like I don't know, maybe a bayonetta. I really don't know what the numbers are, but it all comes down to like, well, what's going to be selling this product and what's not? And like, it under, it's understandable to me that if Platinum Games was like, okay, well, if you're asking for, if it is it corroborated that it's six figures and royalties, it's like, well, that's just outlandish in comparison to like this other fantastic voice actress that we could also get, which is comparable and fine. You know, it's plausible. I could just take this component out and then replace it with another component and that'll be fine so really what it comes down to is if they want the industry to progress they need to make it so that there are specific actors and actresses they're doing that are selling products basically is right a union this, a union? this would be a union thing i mean yeah. that, are that they would part be forcing things could they be part of seg i think they Screen, would be i don't actors know guild i guess it's yeah because it's sag, the sag is not actually just sag it's like it's it's screen like actors, actors film theater right something yeah. like it yeah film tv and something yeah it's hard to get behind voice actors, though, you know? I mean, well, not not specifically those in, those people, but because it's, like, the public opinion is what, like, really drives businesses to move in one way or another, and I feel like they have very little leverage in that in that case. Yeah, know? and I feel like the statements they released where they released their information is only further, like, shaming them for trying to ask for more money, and now we're having this, this whole... This is not like a- It's not like, oh, well, you know, all's fair in love and war. Like, they're doing they're doing a shitty thing. They're doing a shitty thing by not paying people enough and then trying to make that make trying to bring the community around them to say, like, shouldn't, you know, how dare they ask for so much money? And then how dare they? It was just like a this is what was asked for. And we were not there. Okay, 
quote unquote, they didn't say how dare they do this, but I'm saying that when you do stuff like this, you're creating like oh, they sub, they're creating way. narratives <laughs> yeah. and they know what they're doing. And they're yeah. not doing this like to defend themselves. They know the game is going to sell. They're doing it to try to attack the other person. I think in part intentionally it's, I think it's so that they both. don't, I mean, they don't have to, so that they don't have to pay them at the end of the day. Why would you want to pay someone more money that you're getting something? I mean, at the, at the end of the for day, for less, but it's not the right thing to do. Did they, did like, they say that? What I is the like right we thing? still don't know for sure that they said that. That's I know that I there's been what? things floating around that they said that she asked for a hundred thousand or whatever. Oh, I, 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 I read it read several that. places. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. been reported on. I don't know if she disputed that either. But I like, was trying to pull the. She didn't dispute it. Her dispute was saying like they're trying to make this out like I'm asking for so much. What I was asking is what I think is a fair living wage. Whether or not that is, but now the whole point of releasing that information and of doing all of this is so that we're talking about whether or not she was asking for too much and all. We're having that conversation instead of having the conversation of voice actors don't get paid enough money. Yeah, and I think... What, it's uh, to, like, divert yeah. our attention and gr- create the, you know, angry mob rather than... <laughs> but, I mean, angry mob aside, because I'm not really concerned about the angry mob, although I know that she's feeling the, the backlash of the angry mob, right? Yeah, but, but, I mean, we're part of it. Like, we're having the conversation about whether or not she's truthful, whether or not... You know, instead I, of having the conversation of whether or not $15,000... And she potentially is at, at some sort of level of fault for that because she misrepresented the facts with her first statement. Yeah. But, like, because of all of that muddiness, now we're having that conversation. And they very much, I think, like, capitalized on her misrepresentation. Yeah, I understand. I definitely agree. And I definitely uh, recognize there is a right and a wrong in terms of, like, the moral aspect of the situation. But I will say, at the very mechanics of the situation, it's just... I'm going to pay you a certain amount of money. And if it's not you, it's somebody, somebody else, you know what I mean? So you're going to either play ball or you're not. And if she's actually asking for something that's never been heard of, as far as like a voice actress is concerned, like I would say like, it makes sense why they would do one thing over the other. And so then I'm, I can't, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised be outraged. it worked out that way. Right. right. Exactly. And so, I can't personally be outraged just because that is, that is the reality that we so live is, in currently, you know, is the big, is the big issue that like, like they wield a lot more power than she does too. Right. And yes, she put the she put the four thousand she put all the figures out there that she received, um, and their response did not need to be as heavy handed because they turned the entire industry on her. Where she was sort of I'm trying you know, to find in her inner response. circle. I'm trying to find this so, response. I can't find it. I mean, would it is it would have would it have been better if her trying to slander a product that they've been making and the company. Uh, I don't think she's in the right either, though. No, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like, at that point, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, at that point, is it unfair for them to play their hand accordingly? It's because they they have more weight behind. Like, when she plays her hand... You know, she's tapping on the toe of a giant. She's just, yeah. They're squashing her. She's this tiny little David, and they're fucking Goliath, like, gonna come down on her. Like... If she calls for a boycott, they're still going to sell the video game. If they call for a boycott of her, her life's over. I mean, <laughs> like, like, you know, she's, she's already not, kind of like taking herself out of the industry. So, it's you know, kind of a non- that, issue. yeah. But isn't that, isn't this happened? Yeah. I mean, this but wasn't, wasn't again, like, wasn't she the one that made the first move? So technically shouldn't, but all they have the, the responsibility of power too. Like if it were two people arguing, I get that. And yes, she did open that door, but. Like, they're a corporation, you know, they didn't have to step through it. If you look at it, like, uh. very logically of, like, one side versus the other, mm-hmm. then I 
I see where where you're getting at of like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, she opened the door to say this, so then that now the door's open for them to respond mm-hmm. however they like. And if they responded in a better not a better, but like a more convincing way, then like they win the argument, what what's so wrong there? But they they are the ones that have the moral responsibility, not her. But it sounds okay, like so, she but it, it, it sorry. My last thing is that it, it sounds like she like she let the the situation get the better of her in the sense of essentially she, destroying her career. I mean, like, potentially, but she she's also like, you know, like as much as that they've seen the leverage that they have, shouldn't she also have seen the critically important clarification? Critically important. Critically. It was not Platinum Games did not say that. So it says, as reported by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, whose two sources who request to remain anonymous, uh, though whose claims supported by documentation found by both Bloomberg and Video Games Chronicle, say that Platinum was determined to have Taylor reprise her role and wanted to secure Taylor for at least five sessions, paying at least three to $4,000 for four hours in the studio, putting that total to $15,000. The report also says that, quote, Taylor asked for a six-figure sum as well as residuals on the game, which Platinum dismissed before holding auditions for a replacement. Bloomberg sources claim that Taylor was offered a different cameo in the game uh, for a single session rate of $4,000, which Taylor declined. So this so was all was from an inside source. Two unnamed inside sources said that, Within, and then it was reported I mean, by Jason Schreier. Very well so be. It, yeah. So it was either leaked or it was... Yeah. yeah. But it yeah. wasn't either malicious coming, like, hey, I'm at Platinum well, Games and fuck Helena Taylor. I mean, I mean you don't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, all I'm have. saying, it's like it could have had their name attached to it. And it didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. This so it wasn't that making way to a public someone. statement. Yeah. When, I mean, it's right. A, that's better a, for them. Yeah. I mean, if I was playing hands, <laughs> if I was playing cards, that, and I was that's in their the position, I, I yeah. feel like it's like, oh, I can have this. I can have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. That's. I a, mean, this is not also like, right. I feel like this is not the first time that this conversation has been had. Like, I feel like this happened very recently on the Futurama reboot, right? The voice actor for Bender. Oh, yeah. Whose name is... Oh, John yeah. Who DiMaggio, did, yeah, he did maybe? Jake from That's Adventure right. Time as well. I yeah. think I know John DiMaggio is a voice actor, but I don't know if he voices Bender. Mm. <laughs> but Jake from Adventure Time. <laughs> he released a statement saying, "Sorry guys, I'm not going to be in Futurama. Like, good luck without me. I they, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to recast me. I don't know if they're just not going to have Bender in it. But it's about." And he made a much cleaner statement, right? He said it's about self-respect, and I just, yeah. you know, hmm. can't. So so good on him he's yeah. you know the perfect that sounds like the right this. way to go about change right it's and like, then they sorry to interrupt real quick Liz. message from your husband oh message from the husband he, uh, yes he did yes oh. <laughs> he was asking me if i gave our son antibiotics yeah oh. yeah and i did and he can't put him down to bed oh, wow. yeah, he actually texted me too that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> i don't check my phone i appreciate your commitment to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was funny so um, I, I think all of that happened he did end up getting like people did go after the studio and the yeah. studio was pressured to include him in it and to give him more money. And then he said like, guys, I'm back. They gave him more money. Go I mean, it, sounds like that, it sounds like you're, you're, you're like telling people, you're telling the studio, Hey, all right. So understood the deal is going to be this way. I don't want to be a part of it. And I'm just going to polite, politely bow out. And then you start to realize that the amount of people that would be buying quote unquote, this product really wanted it bad enough for the studio to be like worried. And then this case, again, like that's I the guess product. It's the free market. Well, yeah. What we were talking about last week too. Like the example was, um, the original war machine, uh, Terrence yeah. Howard. Yeah, he right. sucked, yeah. man. Because apparent because <laughs> silence, right? Like we don't hear a lot about 
uh, yeah. salary negotiations. Right. But then he, you know, he comes out and is like, <laughs> yo, everyone sucks. I asked for more money. Robert Downey Jr. fucked me over. And like, it's all this spills out. And then like, it turns out it's just like the swirling thing. But in this case, you can look up the details. But in this case, yeah, if you've seen any Marvel movie, they were like, no way you're out yeah. you're also, out you're did you realize that, that guy's actually crazy like he's actually crazy he's like he, he proposed Howard? a new version of math maybe it's literally like it's weird um but well yeah. the, the yeah new roadie was new roadie was better than the first roadie though <laughs> the uh the moral of the bayonetta story is is that it's not going to affect the game because it's got an 89 on Metacritic. So yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to be buying and playing that game regardless. I, 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 yeah. It blows my mind. I certainly will be on Friday. It blows my mind, though, that this is just coming out now and the game is coming out so soon. And, like, did they just do the voice acting, like, at the end of the game? Is that how that works? I think she just wanted to, like, play her hand, which is probably, is it, like, she was probably, like, under some waiting kind of NDA, until... Yeah. You know? Maybe. That's a good point. And then it's like... I think she, she, maybe she was waiting until... Like the game was about to be released. What? If they never hired her for the product, they wouldn't have. They would. She would. Yeah, not but if be she had, an if she had idea? said it nine months ago, boycott this game in Everyone would have a year. About it before yeah. the game came out. But, but she now went, it's she, like now it's the decision so it making like time. Plotted thing. She might have an overall I mean, NDA. Like you can have contract work without actual um, work. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, you want a potential to work here, but just oh, yeah. messy on both sides. Like, yeah, real I messy. Mean, <laughs> she's not a perfect spokesperson for this. For anything, <laughs> I guess. Literally, I've never heard of her before. I never uh, thought about her. Yeah, for his, yeah, especially for the movement. You know, other things have done it, done it more successfully. But I think the overall message of voice actors need to be paid more mm. is probably true. And yeah, she there's... was hoping that her status was high enough and that her character was important enough for people to push for her and it wasn't unfortunately you know i yeah. will say if it's if, a good summary if the audience listening and anybody who plays video games wants to make a positive movement for the voice acting you know community and like that career path i feel like it's up to us to give a shit about voice actors first off in yeah. order for it to matter for products and people making those products i, think, I wish I I knew if we don't do that then like if we don't do, if we don't care about these actors or actresses, then <coughs> nothing will ever change, and these studios will continue to just use them how they see fit. I think voice acting in particular is probably the most difficult. Like nobody sees art. you. Well, it's not even that nobody sees you. It's that like I mean, imitation is like an entire art form. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm sure everybody, you know in the voice acting space has pocket characters that sound very similar. But you I know do, what I mean? I Dude, it is so, like, have you ever... I, I listened to an interview one time with Tara Strong, I think it was. You know she's Who dating one of her friends? It's very weird. Is she? Just, Justin yeah. will never stop saying It's so <laughs> bizarre. Know. Whenever no, we're, we're, pops up. Yeah, we're friends <laughs> with this guy, and, like, one day on Twitter, I see that he posts this thing with Tara Strong, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, she's a fantastic, fantastic voice actress. She's probably in anything you've ever seen ever. Like, yeah. she's the voice of so many things Harley Quinn Bubbles lots of other things uh, <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Those Turner Batgirl Raven like she's so many different characters and she she was Raven she was Raven yes oh, wow. she did the this um, she was a podcast pony, with Kevin Smith and he's talking to her about voice because he had like his Batman podcast mm -hmm. he was talking to her about Batman voice acting yes and as he was talking about it she would he would he would say something about one of her characters and she would start doing the voice for the character and she can switch between them yeah. like it's nothing yeah. and he was like guys this is so like i know yeah. it probably sounds impressive even just to listen to it it's more impressive to watch and he was like how do you 
do that. Like mm-hmm. you, you, and she's like, they're all like different people and that live in my head. And like, I, I, I can just, it's like having like multiple personalities in your head and you can just like pick one and you know exactly what they sound like and then completely switch and pick another one and know exactly what they sound like at any given point in time. It was, would, she's would, a, yeah. Would that piss yeah. you off That's as a voice awesome. actor to yeah. be like, Tara Strong got another job. Like, can just give a job to someone else? Well, no. So what's what's funny, like, I think certain voice actors people... do have respect for people like that. Like, I, I was watching a Tara Strong interview goal? as well. Is that, aren't they the heroes? In and, the right? She's just the Angelina Jolie of voice acting. Like, quite literally. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. get Nolan North, or maybe you get someone else. So. Yeah. No, in this Tara Strong interview I watched, ones she, was, uh, she was talking about how she plays the role of Harley Quinn, but in, like, a number of different scenarios, like DC superhero girls or something, but not like yeah. the... Not like the not Arlene Sorkin. It was the yeah, original Harley Quinn. Exactly. And when she talks about Harley Quinn, she was like, this character, like, this character was made for her, and I'm like, I am only doing my best to try to live up to her example. Like yeah. th- that was the way that she put it. And I was like, you know, that that's a really I mean, that's a nice thing. Well, because that, I mean someone like Arlene Sorkin, like she I I, I yeah, I've I watch a lot of like DC animated on that, stuff you know? and like all anima- animated shows. So I know a couple of voice actors and stuff and I've listened to her and like they talk about how that character Harley Quinn was developed and that is a case of like that she was just supposed to be a side character that was in one episode. Right. She came through and she did the voice and like they're in the booth like this is yeah. this is game changing. Like we're yeah. gonna completely rewrite this show. Yeah. And add this character, it's and like now a she's Mark Hamill's Joker. Is he just is? You know? Oh my God, he's just a great Joker. <laughs> so, but I he like, Beanie like she honest. really, she is that character, and she really created it from nothing. Yeah, I'm sure she. Liz, is the artist on Batman animated Paul Dini? Is that who that is? He is one of the story writers. Okay. Yes, gotcha. I like. So there's there's definitely a respect. Him and Bruce Tim are like the. The, guys. the creators of that show, the showrunners. There's definitely like a respect in the industry, which I'm sure is much deeper than you know I I'm aware of. But like I always like the story of um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Iroh, like the original voice yeah. actor, died yeah. most of the way, or uh, like towards the end of the series, like two yeah. seasons in. Yeah, and they did get a guy who you know he uh, he did an imitation, fi- he did an imitation, wasn't. did a fine job, yeah. but it wasn't. But like if you talk to him today, he's he like reveres the original guy who was also Aku and Samurai Jack. Yeah. Um, but he won't sing that. Like people ask him to sing that. The Bossing Say song. The, uh, yeah. The um, leaves Grapes, on the leaves yeah. on the vine. Leaves on the vine yeah. song about, about uh, his son. Iroh's dead son. Yes. And he won't sing. He's like, that is, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't know the guys. I don't know his name. Um, I think it's Mako. Actor. Oh, it was Mako. You're right. That That's Mako's song. And he yeah. won't sing that. I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's definitely a reverence there. Also, this is so we'll we'll put a pin in this topic for now. I'm sure it's done, but it's ironic that we were talking about Batman because one of the next topics that I wanted to get into is uh, Gotham Knights. What a transition! Yeah. Which got really <laughs> harsh. I was like, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the the moral of the story here is I don't think any of us have played Gotham Knights, but it's doing bad. <laughs> I don't think we will. I, you know what yeah. I have watched because YouTube got me. Is I've seen three clips from this game. Yeah, one. I was the full IGN review. So okay, so. Spoiler, light spoilers ahead. If you're really planning on loving the story of this game, um, there's one clip of Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne in his underwear dancing on a fountain, which was weird. That okay. is weird. Uh, two, I saw a actually a pretty cool fight with um, it was Batman versus Ra's al Ghul, Raish al Ghul, and it was Batman's death scene. Like this is. Like watching the Batman death scene, which is what sets up like everything. You know, everything. that's yeah. the that's the plot of this game. 
and then I watched the end, which maybe is too too much of a spoiler, but like, yeah. I don't know it. That's all I got out of it. There's a lot of news that came out like just before, yeah, and how it's Basically, yeah. So what's the reception? About? Basically, the reception is the game. The game got a five out of ten from IGN, but I think it's sitting in like the mid sixties, mid to high sixties on Metacritic. It was sixty nine. Sixty nine. We checked. Liz nailed it. Nice. By yes, the way, if you go back a few episodes, we guessed, tried to guess. I yeah. overcompensated. I thought the Batman. You guessed like, exactly sixty nine. Yes, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Alex told us. I was really convinced this game was going to be bad. And that was right. I don't know why that's so high. I'm surprised. <laughs> I went for the 70s because I was like, a, it's a Batman game. Like it, That will carry it up. Yeah, I remember having people, this conversation. There will be more that, like, I'm sure critics will be like, oh, well, it's a Batman game. That's not, there's no other Batman games right now. It's a Batman game. And yeah. I totally thought it would be, like, perfectly mediocre. Little did I know it, like, so just shy we're, of mediocre. We're forgetting, too, that before Rocksteady and all the Arkham games, there were no good Batman games. Like, yeah. we've been spoiled. Yes. Oh, yes. but I thought we would Sto- already. Sto- we, very true. We knew the, the Sunsoft Batman on <laughs> NES was something <laughs> special. Jesus. Um. So the, the main uh the main complaints about this game are pretty like when you when you think about them actually it's like okay that that pretty all egregious. makes sense. Part yeah. of it is is the story that's like okay the story the, apparently the story is pretty whatever. Um, but the first thing is the, that the game is uh, so it's a next gen exclusive. There's no PS4 version of this game or anything like that. Yep. Uh, oh, and it's wow. locked at 30 frames per second. No yeah. performance mode at all. So like you're playing this game in in, th- in and 30 FPS. For context, their excuse was that this is a co-op game. Yeah. Which is not that like there are other games that have, like if you're a co-op experience like a, I mean looking at Halo right. Yeah. But like right. here's the thing. I look at I look at 60 FPS now as basically an absolute standard. I mean, if, I'm with if, you. Uh, yeah. If not, like just a performance for a mode. AAA, Give me, like floating around high title. 50s. Yeah. The whole like here's what it is. We had 60 FPS games, few of them uh, on the PS3, Wipeout HD stuff like that. Those were 60 FPS, but the vast majority of games were 30 FPS, and it was understood that that was the standard in the industry at that stage. When How P- long ago was that? 2013 you know persona 5 so 10 years ago yeah was 30 so, but, but that was 30 <laughs> fps yeah when we moved to ps4 land it's like okay our resolutions got better and all this sort of stuff we're out of 720p land um but there was this mix you know we started with all 30 fps everything except for some games i'm pretty sure killzone shadowfall which was a launch title came out at 60 fps but whatever it was it was highly uh sought after but it was not like the standard when we move into PS5 land, PS5 and Xbox Series X I would Series say by, land, even by the end of PlayStation 4, the standard was, you know, performance or graphic. performance mode, yeah. yeah like PS4 you, Pro, like, yeah. that's what it was Maybe for. we can't always give it to you, but we can offer you one or the other. Yeah. Graphics so, or frames per second. So to not... So when I'm thinking about PlayStation 5 and Series X as a platform, it is absurd to me to think that 60 FPS is not... Achievable. A baseline consideration. Yeah. Like, that should be... You know, standard so persona 5 royal came out on the switch recently and that game only runs at 30 frames per second it's a switch game it's a, yeah on the switch Still got an 89 on metacritic you know what i mean everybody yeah. still loves it i think <coughs> the difference there is that it's on switch i think switch gets gets the pass because they're always about like a generation behind as far as power is concerned you know um yeah. but like the yeah, PS5 you, I mean, and the series x this is like these are $500 yeah, consoles, sure. cutting edge technology, SSD, super fast loading. Like, that's the whole point. And you it's know? exclusive to that level of console. You can't buy this game on, on Switch. Switch. Yeah. 
And you so know, and I, also that kind, that that game and the graphical, you know, aesthetic that it's going for, and all that, it is understood that at that level, of yeah. you you would be able to perform. But when did Persona Five come out? Yeah, a long time ago. Well, Persona yeah. Five Royal is came out on that, like, right? But did yeah. they did they update that to sixty FPS? No, it's. I said that they they downgraded it to thirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It used to be sixty. You're it's saying. sixty on PS4. Yeah, it's, it's sixty everywhere else. Yeah, it's oh, just thirty okay. on the Switch, okay. and yeah. then everybody's like, "It died." It's it's. Great. I mean, the, the trade off there is like you're getting the portability. Yeah. But anyway, so the thirty yeah. FPS with Gotham Knights is one of the biggest concerns, and then the two other ones that seem to be the biggest dings for it. Which, when I actually think about it, I'm like, that totally makes sense, and that would make for a horrible game. Is first, uh, the combat system is almost wholly inherited from the Batman Arkham Asylum Arkham City games except they removed counters which is like what? the whole what? thing the yeah God. they right? invented that that's yeah, what i'm saying that's yeah. what i'm saying so it's like what and then so the, i do and then the sorry go ahead have sorry before we get to certain point i do is it the same engine as I believe like, so. It, like, are they using the same assets that they have from the other games? I, I think there's a lot of that were launched from the 60 frames for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, yeah, it was made by the same like it was made by this yeah the origins people right yeah, yeah. so so why they, yeah I, th- it, I think it's it's to compensate for what the game is now which which is sort of and I hate to use this because it's such like a broad stupid it's like calling it a Souls like game um it's like a Destiny clone in the sense that you you have scaling. Uh, gear and stuff oh. so all of oh. your enemies are punch sponges well, it's, 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 uh, you know yeah. so division like yeah so it's like you're fighting these things and it becomes extremely boring and it's not very varied so think about the stretching combat out like that with no counters in 30 fps through a boring story it's the like whole, okay the whole the best part of that especially by like the last game was to build up your counters and build up your um your meter, like the combo meter? Yes, yeah. you build up your combo meter so that then you can unleash like your ultimate attacks and murder people in one shot or disarm them. Uh, murder, Liz? Yeah. <laughs> Un- Knock <alive>. out. <laughs> De-live them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put... Uh, that was yes. the best part of that combat system. And I played it... I mean, I'm a huge fan of the original Arkham games. It's yeah. probably my... It's in my top ten. I don't know if it's in my top five. It's great games. <laughs> They're all great games. I platinumed Arkham Asylum. That game's really hard to platinum. I think I did too. That's probably one of the hardest platinums that I ever got. I realistically, City I did not. Night I did not. <laughs> um, I, my assumption for Gotham Knights is this is going to like so it came out. It's it's mid. It's late October. It's October twenty whatever. Uh, By Christmas, I said it at the beginning of this. I think Black Friday. It's going to be twenty bucks. I think it's going to do that poorly that it's going to be a twenty dollars black. This Friday time, game. I'm not going to mess it up. I'm going to buy it at the cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sell it high. It's just like cyberpunk. You know what? I'm like there, cyberpunk. What tanked my hopes for this game? Or like Was it took every a, trailer. It took a really big yeah. shot. The trailers were one thing because like trailers can change, right? Yeah, but it didn't look when good. they showed numbers popping up, I was mm-hmm. like, "You've changed the core yeah. Yeah. of yeah. this game." Hundred yeah. percent. Cause, cause I remember having this conversation yeah. and being like, that's not how such, the combat such, is supposed yeah. to work. Such a tiny, yeah. like, graphical <laughs> UI change, and it cheapens the product. Yeah. You know what but it, it also it told us, yes. like, that the combat was going to be essentially grindy. different. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be grindy. Gonna, yeah. You the need thing to know is the numbers, no, but why? Numbers if you needed to know the numbers, it means they have, what, they have health meters, yeah. and, like, that's completely they different. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
numbers popping up in my mind is like it it's fine in like shooters and rpgs and it's like in shooters it's like you just keep holding the trigger sure. and the numbers come up but and right. in an rpg it's like you're waiting for your turn anyway so right. it's like <laughs> these kinds of things are fine but in like a brawler well, it's also helpful to strategically in a brawler it just seems so in weird al- in an yes. already established ip yeah you know yeah even though this is ugh, you know murky but it hurts it, hurts. Like it wasn't like okay, this was the original IP, but we really had problems with the combat, so <laughs> we're going to do an overhaul yeah. of that. It's like that, The combat was not the issue. <laughs> like yeah. There's a spectrum between like the mechanics and the, and the flow or the experience. It's like you're doing too many ticks towards mechanics where it should be about the experience. I shouldn't know about the mechanics. In fact, I don't want right? to know about it the was, mechanics. I want to know I'm, about the, the right, feel. If I'm Robin and I punch somebody in the face... I don't know how much damage they've taken. Yeah, I just know that face. they got hit in the face. Yeah, That's exactly. So I do not feel down. like the Red Hood in this scenario. Yeah. There's a dissonance there. I'm, like, there's I'm sort of some not ludo narrative, but there's some like something's not working here because yeah. you want to punch them in the face and they separate. You want them to go down. Yeah, yeah. You're just gonna keep punching them. Um, speaking of numbers popping up, so let's talk about our next game. So wow. this, <laughs> so this is interesting. Speaking of numbers. This is interesting. I, I just want to share this conspiracy theory that I think is uh, kind of interesting. I talked to Justin about this before. Um, it's the blue box thing again? or No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, I wish. <laughs> pulling I was the, in on that. Pulling this off of another podcast, uh, Sacred Symbols, one of the topics that they were talking about were was in regards to this trailer. Okay. Uh, we have a Final Fantasy 16 ambition trailer uh, queued up. We'll, is this what you we'll sent around to us? Yes. Okay. Um, you guys watch it? Yes. 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 So we'll discuss this in a moment. But what I found interesting is currently, currently, we know that PlayStation, as well as the gaming industry at large, is embroiled in some serious court uh, system BS oh, yeah. regarding uh, Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard. Right. So what I find interesting about this is... So we're clear. Sony's position on this is that they're they're doing everything they can to stop this from happening, or at least get as much out of the uh, transition as possible before it happens. Right. Um, this is obviously because uh, Call of Duty and games of the like are monumental in this space. Like yeah. it, there is Huge. there is nothing that is as big as those games. There is a visible section of the pie of their revenue. From yeah. Like right. it, it's it's not even it's the it the whole industry is lifted by that game right. that franchise right so Which sony was part of their argument yeah so sony wants to hold on to all this stuff or whatever so by them expressing in the court system like hey sony's at a big disadvantage here and we are going to be put in a tough position if this is you know if they are purchased in this way so on and so forth this is the case that they're making and this is currently happening like they're having this this conversation right now um but this past week, on our previous podcast, we talked about the announcement of the Silent Hill 2 remake, which is a PS5 exclusive, by the way. Uh, and then we got a new trailer for Final Fantasy 16, another PlayStation 5 exclusive game. One of the running theories is that there was actually supposed to be a PlayStation conference that was going to take place now, but it got pulled at the last minute because it would probably look really bad if Sony's in court saying, hey... We're going to be at such a disadvantage, you know, uh, against Microsoft when they buy Activision. But then in the same breath, exclusive, exclusive. But, but, and so <laughs> you know? I'm, when you're talking to me about this before, uh. I do understand that. But Activision is, it's like, it's a, like a different, it's like different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I feel like Call of Duty is, it's like 
it's not a game. <laughs> it, yeah. it is, you know it what is, I mean? It's, it's, it's a revenue generator. It is different. the public be able to recognize that difference and logically sort that out as I don't even think it's about the public I think I think it's about the like court officials if they're like okay Sony you say you're going to be at such a disadvantage but you just hosted a conference where you announced a brand new Silent Hill 2 remake that's exclusive to your console and you're dropping drillers for the biggest game in you know Square Enix you can also make that you can make the case sorry excuse me I'm sure you can make the case of being like, yeah, well, all of Silent Hill copies haven't even come close to the amount of players. Why are you going to give the opposition ammunition? Yeah, it's it's just optics. It's just optics. Just just opting out of that, even being a possibility, as unlikely as it is. Right. I mean, if it's coming up to like a jury or somebody else making a decision, yeah, you definitely want to stack the cards. If you're a lawyer for Microsoft and you see that. You're, you're making a little note. Yeah. So just interesting. But the for the public, the thing that helps us is we get a couple of dope trailers. So we got the yeah. Silent Hill 2 trailer. We shared our thoughts on that last week. But let's go ahead and hit play on this Final Fantasy 16 trailer. We all watched this beforehand, so we can yeah. just kind of jump right into it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. And now you're saying this, this makes sense, that this was just sort of... Release. Dropped out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about it until a day after it, it dropped, which is yeah. like... Captain I'm not Final that guy, Fantasy. you know no, what I mean? I'm, I'm on it minutes from when stuff happens. Yeah. You know, I'm all about a cool-looking main character. I can't help it, so yeah. I'm down for this. I don't Dude, know. He, he looks look good. a little bit like Noctis, though. I'm actually... A little bit. I'm okay more, with that. Better. He the, looks, he's got a shoulder sword. A uh, shoulder sword, <laughs> badass. I would say, so... <laughs> it's not on his Does back. he have one of those big shoulder. shoulder things that... uh No, he's got a normal shoulder. He's got a wolf, too. So Alex... Alex oh, he's, only got, he's got two normal ones. You guys did not play Final Fantasy fourteen. No. No. Okay, so played, so this so uh, creative business unit thirteen is the Final Fantasy fourteen guys. So there's a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen DNA in this, and I and I'm of the mind that the characters in this are very reminiscent of how we see characters represented in Final Fantasy fourteen. Is Final Fantasy fourteen free of my androids? Um, does it take place like in this you know, medieval? medieval, medieval world? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. and it's funny because like as we're I was talking to Justin about this this moment specifically this like there are scenes in here that look like they are cutscenes from the MMO like yeah. and when yeah. I say cutscenes I mean like you get into a place and like the camera zooms on the person that you're talking to and your character is like right by this looks like this like, looks like the MMO stuff except yeah. for with slightly more work on model design I'm yeah. actually not yeah. crazy about. The graphics of the people. Me too. Like they, like this looks. They a look little a little funky. fuzzy. I think. Does everything look fuzzy. a little fuzzy? This might be yeah. compression, right? right? This might, glowy? this might be trailer YouTube compression. <clears throat> yeah. What have you? Like there's like a some Vaseline on the camera, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm like not back sure. one of those old movies with with like Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Would, like set the mood by. Yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> I will say like animation wise, I know what you're saying, Alex. Like as far as like the three <laughs> models, they seem stiffer than say like when you look at like Final Fantasy 7 remake and there's like a little bit more like movement yeah. and motion and weight behind their movements yeah. more waxy yeah, yeah right I, but Robotic. I will also I will also say like like this is like yeah, that yeah. looks like MMO stuff that I'm from, looking at right now. From a story perspective, though, this is obviously pretty heavy on story when uh, at yeah. the first half of the trailer. Like, I do think that the way that they're setting this up is really cool. It's clearly like, you know, kingdom versus kingdom type thing. And Love now that. that we know that the icons are like these representatives from each of the kingdoms that, you know, are going to embody these things. It, it's it's kind of just an awesome premise that it's like if all these places are warring and it's like we're gonna we're gonna have our wars until our icons come up and then have these like kaiju battles like 
it's so different and it looks so cool. Like, uh, I'm, is, I'm so very is, game for it. Is it going to be that or is it going to be Tales of Arise where you have these different kingdoms who have their gods that come out and then you run around to each of them, you fight the bosses, you get their whatever. Yeah, like, do you think that that is the <laughs> enemy or do you think that that's your party member? I, th- I, I assumed think it's a, I think it's a little... that that was your party member and it's like a, a way of summoning your aeons is that your party members turn into your aeons. So, so I'm, I, Justin and I did a little I bit know. of a deep did dive that... on the combat and we okay. think that you are enlisting the... Uh, the but help see, of these people. Them? Yeah. Because you'll notice... First you fight them and then they become your party members. Or like That's your, what I'm or assuming. Or you're Mega Man <laughs> and you just like suck up their powers. Because yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, so... So at the top left, we see the like, uh, L2 and you see Garuda there and then you see Titan on the left and then you see Phoenix <laughs> on the bottom. And we're not going to frame by frame it right now, but when we went through this, you can see that your attacks actually change uh, on the bottom right of the trailer. And it actually shows that different, uh, different move sets appear based on what like summon you have equipped at the time. So I do think that there is going to be some kind of mega manness that's going on. It does with look kind of complicated. Um, but man, does it look so freaking good? Like it, I, it seems like there's a lot of like devil may cryness going on. Yeah. But it's interesting like, they incorporated dodging and they also incorporated like some level of jump and air dodging. And like, I mean, light elements of like, you know, I, I assume it's kind of like not rhythm, but it's like reaction based stuff. It's, it, it's free flowing. And I think what they've learned from Final Fantasy seven remake is that people really don't want to do turn-based anymore <laughs> and it's like how do we get this rpg element to feel like live and yeah well i think a, a big part they of this. made in 15 where it was live action combat and it sucked yeah, yeah. i mean a, a big part <laughs> and there of was it, dodging and there and it was just slowly like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've, re- I've read interviews with the developers on this and a big part of it is Bad. like games like this are so unbelievably expensive to make that they straight up can't do turn-based anymore because it is a turnoff for such a, a portion of the audience yeah. that they're like this just isn't even an option anymore like we have we have to do something that's going to draw in more players because like for the people that are into final fantasy it's a it's an insta buy no matter what but if you're not into Final Fantasy, you might be the type of person that's like, okay, this story stuff's a little weird, medieval, whatever, but then when you see the combat, you're like, holy shit, this, it looks like they're doing awesome things, and I like doing awesome things in games. Yeah. So like, I, I, or I'm the other it. side, that if they see turn-based combat, they're like, well, I'm not Exactly, like where they're like, combat. nope, hard no. Like, they've been trying to, I feel like Square's been trying to figure out their non- uh, turn-based combat for like a decade. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It and all started with Advent I, Children, and they were like, yeah. "This is more entertaining to watch than waiting for somebody to get hit in the but face." But you know, the like, I feel like they really hit it pretty well with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I agree, definitely. So I'm I mean, a little that's... concerned that it's not that, and I I kind of knew it wasn't going to be, but like. I think there's if be they a were lot looking for the secret sauce, I feel like they found it, and they're just intentionally using you know barbecue instead. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't see that in this. I see a lot of Final Fantasy VII in this. <laughs> you think? Oh yeah, for sure. I I will see, but yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's I, like, well, I mean, if we go back, like, there's no. It doesn't seem like there's any ATB except for maybe those <laughs> golden, those golden bars at the top that you're like slowly building, and yeah. I'm assuming that's to to use whatever summon that you have equipped at the time and then use those special moves so well, maybe it is like an final ATB? fantasy my, maybe not the best example but in final fantasy 13 you like you stack your limits like that so you can use like bigger attacks like one after the other yeah like so maybe it's two like two rather than one or yeah whatever. like maybe the special meter that's at the or the special attacks that you see on the bottom right maybe those are initiated by using some of that meter you know yeah um I, 
I am. They knows? look just kind of like time based though. Mm. Like looks use awesome. fire, and now you're waiting for fire to come back. Maybe. It just looks so cool. I, but I'm very pleased that this is not like a Magitek society type situation. Yeah. Like, so this is much more medieval and old school, which feels like older. <coughs> no cell phones. Right now. Yeah, kind of yeah. over all that. Yeah, right. And right. billboards with cup of noodles. Would, just wait. There's going to be cell phones. <coughs> if it's in the Final Fantasy XIV world, like, yeah, there's, there's no cell phones. There's no cell phones, 14. but they definitely have like Magitek armor. Are there going to be Moogles in this? I hope so. I'm a little concerned that there have been no Moogles, Cactuars, Chocobos, nothing. Guaranteed there's going to be a Super Bowl that's going to be a bunch of Tonberries, and it's going to be like a like, giant uh, King Tonberry. You know, where's all my Final Fantasy so, stuff? This could be any sort of... JRPG? Yes. Uh, I will say the Final Fantasy... Or even not. I mean, it's not It's not particularly... Right now, it's really Japanese. making me it's medieval, excited for... It's not particularly Japanese. It's English. Quite possibly. I, I think the only thing that's really... I, if there are priorities in my head of why I'm liking Final Fantasy 16, like the top value is pretty much like I think the battle mechanic, and I'm really happy that the second part is the story because all the other Final right. Fantasy games that have been coming out are just like Garbo, you know? On both accounts. Like on both accounts, and it's like, yeah. okay. Like at least they're trying on this one, minus like <coughs> seven. Excuse me. Anyway. Those are the two things... That is like, okay, you have this existing whatever franchise. Not, I guess it's not technically an IP, but kind of. You have this existing franchise, but we need you to do an overhaul of two things, <laughs> unlike in Gotham Knights, where they should have kept the yeah. combat. Like we need you to completely overhaul the combat because we ate it, and we should completely overhaul the story because I don't care about this political whatever, this princess who you saw for five minutes. Crystal. She, yeah. Give me a simple <laughs> Game of Thrones Luna? story. Yeah, she sucked. Luna yeah, Freya. She did suck. So I yeah I'm a little concerned about it seems like it's a still a very political story which is like exactly what I don't want in Final Fantasy but I almost wonder if like so the last brush that I had with political Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 12 and like yeah I cannot count Final Fantasy 15 because that that was not a story straight up because you needed to watch a movie and an anime and read a book. And play the game and all the DLC to get the story. So and a lot was left okay. Out anyway. That's what I'm saying. So but it's I'm, like, so uh, I, yeah, so I, I, I did a lot of those things. I mean, I watched the <laughs> I movie. Watched I watched the yeah, like yeah. I did all that stuff and then still played the game and it still sucked. So. Yeah. So my next closest that story comparison so is Final Fantasy 12. But I was, I think I was like whatever, like 16 when I played Final Fantasy 12. So I feel like I maybe I was too young for it then or something. That no, was bad. It's not political stories aren't bad. It's when political stories think themselves too good for school, too cool for school is when that starts mm-hmm. to like if you have a political story that is easy to follow and you understand the factions and you understand right. like then Final Fantasy Tactics, I feel like, is a great example of this because you literally have like three parties and then like the one party that you're in and like they tell you in the beginning of the story that you're actually a forgotten part of this big story and you get to experience the entire thing. Yeah. It's like, but like, like all three houses, like that. Yeah, three, three houses, houses, yeah. three houses did a really good job too. It's like, it's like political stories aren't the things that we should be afraid of, but it's really when political stories try to think themselves Wait, like the detail is like what people are gonna really love. Yeah, that's not true. Like, well, that was, and that was also like, if, stop it. That was the problem with Final Fantasy thirteen for sure. Yeah, it's like, who, who, what's the difference between a Falsy, a Lussy, and a oh my C? god, that was so oh, confusing. what are those stop things? It. So confusing. But also <laughs> like, colors. I feel like what happens a lot of times <laughs> in these political <laughs> stories, and not necessarily that it has to happen, but I I see a trend which causes a problem is that they're very sort of top level. 
So there's, I feel like there's not that character development and that attachment to the characters and therefore to the story. Yeah. And then on top of that, a lot of times, like, okay, you're running around as, what was 12, Vaughn was the main character? Yeah, Vaughn and Pinello and Bosch. Dude, what the fuck? was Vaughn doing the whole time? How is Vaughn right. going to affect a little this Aladdin great shirt, political right? war that's going on? Like he, well, he was, was a plant. If, like if you look at the development of that game, Vaughn was very last minute. It was so, actually supposed to be Bosch's story, but they were like, nobody's going to want to play as an old guy in a Final Fantasy game. Uh, we need a The Han Solo character would be dude great. Dude the best. I mean, ba- yeah, but Bosch is kind of like the Han Solo character. He is. He's, yeah. Like, it's, yeah it, I could see how it's, with a, sexy a, it's a harder that's sell. With a sexy Chewbacca. Yeah, it's a harder What's sell to make Han Solo the main character. I didn't play but, that one. It was not good. You, you missed out. <laughs> you didn't miss out. You know what I hate about that game? So it's hard to it, when you are like a like one person know. in this big political know. story. It's hard to feel like you're affecting the story in any way, and that like what you do matters. And again, then therefore to be attached by it. Same thing in fifteen. Like Noctis, I guess, is a prince and can do something, but like he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't like, take any responsibility for anything. He like, disappears he, for 10 years he mopes and a lot. That's the world something. continues on without on him. Like so it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's not even, it's about obviously in, in the political story, you have to, the people writing the story have to understand the effect and the influence that each of the character has. And at any point when you realize that like one, yes. char- or you put too much onus on one character that doesn't have the influence and doesn't make the audience believe that they do, yes. the story is ruined. Because nobody... Nothing I'm doing really matters. Yeah. Well, exactly. What's well, like, I'm worried about, like... And so I'm trying to shoehorn it in here. Like Tales of Arise. Like, it's... Political games, it's very... It's a great way to waste time. Like, yeah. you like, you okay. spin over there and they're spinning their wine yes. and their glass and they're talking to their cohorts. Right, and you and, meet this new city and yes. they have new shops and it's a very easy... Uh, like way to advance the story, uh, like advance your and then you movement run, in the game, and then you run through a town of lava or right. of ice, and then it's like whoa, lava and ice stuff. Cool lava <laughs> town. You know, and then you dude, meet ice town was my favorite town in that game. <laughs> and then you meet the lava boss, and look, I hope it's not that because I'm like I just played that game for ninety hours. I don't need to play that game again. Um, so it's just like can yeah, they do that. it right? I wasn't really attached to that story either. I was just kind of playing because I like the mechanics. No, that's know? what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So I like that game a lot. I actually I, like the musical a lot. Like, it was good. I have yeah. a lot of high hopes. I like hopes the aesthetics. I like for, the combat. <laughs> I have higher hopes for this than... We'll see. I don't know. My, my hopes are pretty high for 15 too, I guess, but... Yeah. My, high, yeah. my, my hopes are... We liked it in the beginning too and it was I not think, good. This button. I think yeah. perfectly mediocre on 16 i'm excited about it did i get goosebumps during the trailer during the fight scene the first trailer was cool the first trailer is cool i really love what they're doing with the with the hp bars on the top it like turns into a weird fighting game and i like this one one v one squaring off kind of like thing Mm -hmm. um i will say like the reason why i love like bottom easy tactics and like triangle strategy and like i remember when i was talking to you guys about triangle strategy originally it was like i was waiting i was just waiting to see when they're going to put in a character that made no sense that had influence over the situation where everybody like somehow like thought that that influence made sense. They never did it. Like these games are well, well written because nothing was questionable. You know, it made sense. Just makes sense. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm the minority here. Magic. Some sort of magic jumbo happen. And then it's, everything's fine. I might be in the minority here, but I look at Final Fantasy 16 and that's like, pretty solidly established as my most anticipated game right now yeah i agree i'm like, very anticipating with it but what's my expectations of this of final of square enix not doing like the end of final fantasy 7 remake like we, we've I, been hurt before i've been burned I guess, before I, exactly. I, I approach this like i expect I, it now listen i i approach this where like i honestly don't care 
because every Final Fantasy game that comes out, I I yeah focus I it down. Cool. I have a rel- revelatory experience with it. Even fifteen when it came out, I still had like my fun with that game, and really I still did. think of it fondly in many ways. And right now, I mean, we're to we're me the car was great. We are coming off of the car was great. The car was awful. We're coming <laughs> off of right. the. Uh, the absolutely stellar Final Fantasy VII remake, like mm-hmm. that, was the last thing that we saw from them, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, you know, if you're ca- if this company is capable of doing that, then I'm like, yes, like I'm, like I do have high hopes for it. And which, I think that it's going to impress. Which team is? I know there's like multiple teams that work on different games there. So which this this is the not... one that made 16 is not the one that made seven remake, but it's the one that made. They're they're all sort of involved. More of the story stuff was on uh, Nomura, which is like not awesome because that's the Ah, Kingdom Hearts guy. guy, But this this one is driven by the director of Final Fantasy fourteen, which is the most successful Final Fantasy game of all time. So yeah, but I feel like the MMO doesn't really play in the same ballpark. It doesn't. But we'll we'll have to see. Unproven. They're good good with characters. It was the worst game in the world, and then it became like a decent (laughs) game. So like uh, it's a redemption story, man. I'm very much looking forward to it. I always look, I honestly, and I think this this is their intention, but I often look at the Final Fantasy games as like genre shifting like pieces of media. You know what I mean? Like they they are cornerstones, at least in my mind, of like what we're achieving in video games as like a medium. You know what I mean? I mean, they've been around forever. So yeah. like I would say, they yeah. Usually they usually are on like the w- cutting edge of I wish they knew that less. Graphics. <laughs> I wish they were just a little like they would make it just a little simpler. I think they got yeah, they, they, somebody problem. needs to be yeah. driving the they keep getting you know, more complicated. Somebody's driving the bulldozer. Somebody has to break new ground and maybe the, and sometimes they misfire, but like or sometimes they get up their own ass about it. But at the end of the day, it's still pushing it forward. And I'm like, mm. yes, like, I'm down for what you're doing. What's actually comforting to me? It's actually comforting to me that you're excited for this game. Nice. I feel like we had a lot. Nice. There was like a string. <clears throat> Of a few months where I feel like you were really down on games for a while. I was. And you kept saying, like, I'm dead, this game's gonna suck. You, like, for a long time, and I kept being like, sure, but like, you're the hype man. Yeah. And you are. We are well, guys, we're on the precipice of some good things. Callisto no. Protocol is coming out soon. He was, he's he been was, excited about, he's been excited about plenty uh, this year. I think there was no, a man. good like Valkyria, Valkyria, Valkyria Elysium right now. <laughs> there was a good like maybe like four to six months that we kept having podcasts where Scrobo was like, I'm just like, why well, had the expectations anymore? Yeah. He was very negative, and I pointed it out, and now I feel like balance has been restored. I'm up now. <laughs> I'm up. Guys. It was kind of a rough few no, months for games. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, too, We've got- there was really nothing to play, and it was kind of a downtime. And so, whether or not it's good, I feel like the world is right. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean. And there's plenty. Seriously, there's plenty to look forward to. We got Bayonetta three this week. We got the Resident Evil eight DLC coming out. We've got Callisto Protocol. We've got Final Fantasy seven Crisis Core remake. Oh yeah. And mm. we also got a new trailer for Resident Evil four that comes out in March, right before my birthday. Uh, and we're gonna watch this trailer. Did you guys watch this trailer? No. Does Did- he have a sword on his shoulder though? No. Not no. as cool. But have you guys played like so I? I can't actually speak to this Resident Evil game. Have you guys played Resident Evil 4 before on like the Wii or anything like that? I actually did not. I've never played a Resident you, Evil game. Oh, I yeah. was, Resident Evil 4? I know. I well, never played it. When, I was, when Justin was showing me this, uh, maybe it's worth showing you. What Are you, are you showing them? The I'm trying to find one yeah. without When Justin captions. was showing me this, the first thing I recognized and like the first thing I recognized was like, okay, so like familiar areas, but like in the in the game on the Wii, it they turned Resident Evil into much more of like a an action an action third, game, yeah, right. third person a, shooter, yeah. and it was not scary like 
really yeah. at all. Yeah, it was, it was like bright it was daylight. <laughs> yeah, it was super campy, and it was yeah. like even the. But this, it's like almost immediately, you're like, is this Resident Evil Four? Right. So let's, this, let's, this is very much more re- reminiscent it's, of other yeah. Resident Evil games. There's some context that's ex- incredibly important to consider with Resident Evil Four, and that is Resident Evil Four, the GameCube exclusive at the time, now re-released on everything, is one of the most seminal games in our lifetime. And right. I say that because it literally laid the groundwork for what every third-person action game became after it. It, it was huge. It was the one. Every game tried to be Resident Evil. Gears of War is what it is because of this. Like, Horizon... Anything that has a character Anything with the camera third behind person, their shoulder, yeah. <laughs> it's like it was Resident Evil 4 that they're trying to mimic. And it was phenomenal. And it was phenomenal every time they re-released it. So to take that game and to try to remake it is a is a very honorable undertaking. <laughs> but it's also a scary thing because it's like it, it almost exists in this sort of like perfect bubble for when it came out. Um and what I think they're doing here, right you can away... You only revolutionize the industry once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right away, we're seeing that it is being faithful to the story, but already putting a twist in it. It's significantly darker, significantly scarier, which I think is good. You like this more than the last trailer we saw last week. Big time. Ooh. So and it's, and it's messing with expectations right away. This is the first enemy that you see in the game, and it was used to be a guy that talks to you and all this sort of stuff, and now his head's freaking sideways, and he's like attacking you in all kinds of crazy ways. But it also is faithful to it because you saw it had QTEs. QTEs are not really that much of a thing anymore. But this was one of the <clears throat> this is one of the games that turned contextual QTEs into a major part of gameplay. Um, and man, like so QTEs were in the original RE4. Yes. Are they in other uh, they were iterations in the series? Uh, later ones like five and six okay, and all that. The, Basically, this was the first one. This was the it. first one to use that contextually. And what I mean by that is like there were games like the original God of Wars and stuff that used QTEs, but they were usually part of like scripted sequences where yeah, you like finish like, like, yeah. or whatever. In this, you're using them as like it, part it, of the combat. It influences combat in a right. very unique way, and you'll see it represented again. Where one of the primary mechanics of Resident Evil Four was they were like, we have these super dynamic enemies that get uh, that get affected in different ways if you shoot them in different places, and then that will open contextual combat actions. Like if you shoot them in the head, then you can run up to them and like push them down or like do something like that. See, like um, I remember, and I ha- like at the time when I was playing this, I was playing it on the Wii, and there's been like so many different versions of it, right? But like I assumed that these QTEs that were happening was just their way of being like, oh, okay, so like the Wii has this, all this motion control stuff. Like in order to do all of that, like you had to like literally move the controller to like get the the zombies off of you. So I assume that they were building this. So like this is one of the ones shoots in the head and is able to do this roundhouse. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. That wasn't it. It was in the original game, but like that was one of the things where they're like, it's not Resident Evil Four unless they include things like that. Oh, ooh, that was cool. That poor, that just, poor cow. Yeah, just <laughs> let that cow on fire. I've seen uh, <laughs> fire dropped in oil, and then that's a combo. But I've never seen fire dropped on cow. <laughs> yeah. Cow charges enemy. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that was not in the original there, there were like some, ha- having that that interaction with remember. the environment so, some of in in the original game it did have interactions like that okay. not not as visually spectacular as what we just saw but okay they but did good exist. like influenced you know yeah 
Influence and improve. That's what you want out of a totally. And the, and a there's remake. a lot of subversions like that. Like so, this this room, this area is one for one exactly the same as what it was in the original game. Like everything, like where ladders are and all this stuff, exactly the same. But in the previous game, you couldn't just jump off the roof like right. that. You know. So now it's like okay, we've we've got a little more flexible with what we can do and all this kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then this enemy with the chainsaw, Doctor uh, Salvador, he is one of the most scary enemies in the game because if he gets even relatively close to you like you're just dead like there's no defending yourself you're dead you know um so you see certain things change where it's just like oh man like as he's walking now he's like affecting the environment in a way and that that didn't happen in the original game you know it's interesting how they're using and they're like keeping again faithful to like all the stuff that it like it still looks like the meal that you had back in the day, but now they're like, oh well, we're yeah. gonna garnish it with all the new modern stuff. Yeah, now you can defend against chainsaw <laughs> yeah. slices with your gun. Like there, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Happening I'm excited here. for you because those types of experiences, like I'm sure I would get something out of this, but like having replaying this, yeah. Like being able to replay this game, modern graphics, like Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a it's an interesting and special experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I I am I look at Resident Evil Four with such reverence that even the original game. I mean, it would it's it like would look Resident Evil. Didn't yeah, it? it would look old at this point, but I I still think from a gameplay perspective, it holds up perfectly. And I think this game is going to do it even better. I mean, I mean, if we've learned anything from like Resident Evil Two remake, and I didn't play the third one, but. If we've learned anything from those two, right? Or yeah, Resident like, Evil two remake and three remake. Right. You played two remake. Right? I played two through, and I was, it was it was really fun. But it was funny because like yeah, I understood like what it was trying to do with a third person like over the shoulder and the mechanics of like staring down the sights to like attack these these zombies that have very specific and randomized patterns. So it's hard mm-hmm. for you to hit the bull like the head. Like these little mini games that they put within the game is is really cool. And yeah, I, I assume it's just the evolution of this particular you know uh model and, yeah. and maybe this isn't fair but you know after having just watched the final fantasy trailer like and this isn't perfect but this is what i would expect like character models to look like in 2022 yeah, yeah. um dude these character models well, look great it's, yeah. also, it's also like camera angles too it's like way more closer way more dynamic but then final fantasy 16 is like a little stiff and like from the back and there's, yeah. like, there's a diorama and the, i mean even the environments like you know they were they just kind of look more human just, like yeah Anyway, I don't know. I'm. This looks good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm so thrilled about this game. And so they released two trailers at the same time. This is the story trailer that we're seeing now, which shows a lot of the biggest set pieces in the game. Um, and there was a lot of weirdness in the first game that it seems like they're totally happy to re-engage with, like stuff that you would be like, why would they like this character uh, Salazar? He's this m- like. He's uh, is midget a PC word anymore? No, no. a small person, little person, a little person that's like has this crazy like French accent or whatever, and he's like the ruler of this castle. But it's like, what? What is this small person ruler of a castle doing in the middle of like a Spanish town? It's just very weird, you know. Um, And it, I don't know, it plays into its campiness. Great. Oh wow, that's awesome. It's the twenty fourth. I thought it was the twenty first. I thought it was going to overlap with PAX. Thank God, Uh, does not. Um, Couldn't got to PAX. What's that? <laughs> you couldn't have gone to PAX. I know, right? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, so yeah, so it was really, uh, it was really cool to see how respectfully and uh, I don't know, nicely yeah. they modernized this game in its few new trailers. It's funny. You when they remake games, you can like tell when people cared and when people don't. 
And uh, in this game, it's like hitting all of those notes while also adding some very nice complimentary ones. Well, it's funny. You watch like reactions. Like I know sometimes we watch like Maximilian dude stuff. And I watched that trailer, the first gameplay trailer by myself. And I was just like, <clears throat> I'm going through these beats in my head because I all the, I've I have replayed Resident Evil Four probably more than I've played Final Fantasy Seven. Like I've, I've wow. likely beat that game like 20 times, and I'm not even joking. Like, so we did not think you were joking. <laughs> so when I when I think about like how that game proceeds, I'm like, in a remake environment, I'm like, all right. Where it, like show me show me a roundhouse kick. I need to see the roundhouse kick. And when I did, I was like, yes, okay, they remembered. This is great. And then when they yeah. did things to subvert expectations, it's like, oh my god, like I I want to see this happen. You know, it's a good sign that they know what a diehard fan is looking for. Right. Totally. Totally. Because you can tell if they're if they're not there big yeah. time. And they they hit it out of the park with the Resident Evil Two remake and all this kind of stuff. Right. So this this team in particular, I'm very uh, confident in. So it's yeah. interesting, especially coming. I'm sure, off this of, will be good. Yeah, right. And, well, it's interesting because now you get to see this, and you get to see what we just saw for Silent Hill <clears throat> remake, right? Or Silent Hill Two remake, and like yeah. between these two, it's like, well, one is trying to wow you with like kind of the the power of like the newer consoles, and it's like that's what they're trying to go for. That's their market. That's their marketable feature, essentially, right? Yeah. But in this one, it's like that's the upgrade. Yeah, in this one, it's like I almost don't even worry about it. like they're more in with showing you like if you played this game so many times, like you're gonna feel this nostalgia, and they're going nostalgia route where the other one was going more of like look at all this new stuff. Well, look at all this new stuff that we're bringing to Silent Hill too. Yeah. yeah, not for nothing. This looks way better than Silent Hill Two remake looks. It looks really good, yeah. Did you watch the new Kyle Bossman video? No. I'd recommend it. It was funny. He I think did, I did he, watch it too, yeah. yeah I he he talks about Silent Hill too a lot. It's pretty funny. Mm. All right. Well, that will do it, I think, for this week's podcast, unless there was something I missed or that we should go over. No. no. I think it's all right. Uh, I think so, A couple yeah. smaller things, but well, I'm still playing yes. Cyberpunk. Mm. That's about it. Yeah, I, I'm still I playing Overwatch. I found out. I've been trying to not kill, just quick. I've been trying not to kill people. When I can in Cyberpunk. Me too, man. Oh, it's Cyberpunk. It's Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah when you're walking down the street. <laughs> um, so I've been feeling pretty badass, like, you know, electrocuting these guys or like, you know, setting these guys on fire, which apparently doesn't kill them. Really? But I've been using this other skill the whole game, and I just realized it does kill people. <laughs> uh, the setting them on fire thing. <laughs> so actually, that one does not, but Synapse Burnout, which causes their eyes to explode. Uh, every time I did it, it looks so violent, and I was like, huh. And then, I went, <laughs> and then I went on with my life, um, but I was re- I was reading through the skills, and that's a lethal one. So. Oh my god, that's so funny! Whoops, sorry everyone. Dude, that reminds me, you ever you played Deus Ex, right? No eyeballs. I mean, it's a hard life either way. <laughs> they're like writhing on the ground with sparks shooting out of their face. Yeah, you ever? Like, Man. Uh, <laughs> See you later, bro. <laughs> you played Deus Ex, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I was playing Human Revolution for the first time, which is a phenomenal game, by the it's way. It's a good game. Um, I remember like having the context uh what's called the context sensitive buttons of like you know tap for stealth kill and then like hold for like <laughs> yeah. lethal kill and i had gone through like so much of the game just doing the the stealth stuff and i think accidentally i held the button down too long so instead of like just like grabbing him and doing a chokehold and then dropping him on the ground he like pulls this fucking sword out of his arm and like stabs him through the back and i'm just like oh god like, what have i done <laughs> it's really violent like he doesn't he goes at it yeah it's like super brutal and, and he's just deadpan face the whole time he's just like you're dead now yeah it's like whoa uh yeah yeah those games definitely play in extremes video games are great i love video games yeah i want to explode someone's apples in uh cyberpunk you game. can do that i want to do that i want to do that all right anyway we will be back next week for more video game news and fun 
Maybe we'll all be here. Liz has been hit or miss lately. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I've been really. I've been. She's sick going through off. a move, and she's pregnant, and she's got a baby. Wow. Yeah, he started daycare, and he keeps coming home with different ailments. Yeah, well, it's probably better <laughs> so. for him. But for, I don't know. We're so so January, far, it has not so. been COVID, but uh, yeah, we've been sick with a ton of random things. So mm. I apologize for the coughing. That was me. It's my bad. That's, that's it was her. I'm not gonna say anything. I know. I, I, it, like the longer we were talking, the more it was. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting harder and harder to suppress. Yeah. So I need to go drink some water. Sorry, some more water. Let's go get Liz some water. I feel okay, but I can't. I just can't suppress the cough as yeah. much. That's okay. We appreciate your contribution <laughs> and dedication to the podcast. So thank you, Liz. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Justin. Thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you all later. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye.